0: Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. This show is produced by The Powell Group, the leading business consulting firm in the game industry. Visit us online at indiegame.business to get your free pass to our next digital event coming December 8th, 9th, and 10th, where you'll have more great sessions you can participate in for free. And inexpensive passes to our industry-leading digital business to business meeting system also make sure to donate to extra life we've got a link down below in the description or you can even join the indie game business extra life team that link is down in the description as well here we go indie game business Business has one of the longest-running digital event series in the gaming industry with hundreds of publishers, investors, developers, and tech companies to meet with. All the sessions are always free to watch forever, and you can get a free pass to receive all the slide decks from all the speakers. The tickets for meetings start just at $50. Go to IndieGameBusiness and use the code IGBPODCAST to get 20% off your ticket.
1: Good morning, everybody, or good afternoon, depending on where you are. Um, uh, Thank you to Jay Powell and the group for letting me speak today. I'm uh, excited to be here and happy to uh, talk to everyone and uh, go through this presentation. Uh, Just by way of background, I am an attorney. I am licensed in California. My office is in Newport Beach, about halfway between L.A. and San Diego. I've been involved in the game industry now since uh, for over 25 years, since uh, 1992. I represent primarily developers and uh, just a handful of other people, but I represent uh, creative types, I represent animators, I represent uh, music people, programmers, uh, game development studios. Uh, some of my clients include Obsidian Entertainment. Uh, Spark, if you remember them, G5 Entertainment, uh, Planet Moon Studios, and uh, Heavy Iron Studios, uh, and a bunch of others. So I've been doing this for a very long time. I've represented quite a few people. I've worked with all of the publishers and um, pretty much all aspects of the game industry and all platforms. Um, So I uh, have a broad background doing this type of thing. I just want to talk a little bit today about how to start your video your own video game studio. Uh, that is how I got started in the industry. Is I had some uh, friends that were um, I, as a as a as an attorney. I, I went out to work on my own, and I had uh, friends that were outside the legal profession. And most of them turned out working for uh, video game uh, studios. They worked for Virgin Interactive or Interplay back in the day, and uh, I was the only lawyer they knew. And they wanted to start their own studio, so they came and talked to me. And uh, one thing led to another. And uh, ever since then, I've been uh, representing uh, game studios. And I'd say about 75% of my practice has to do with representing game developers and uh, people who uh, supply services for the game industry. And I also do a fair bit of trademark licensing being here in Southern California for extreme sports like the surf industry, skateboarding and and other kind of extreme sports. Um, But it's mostly licensing type work. Um, So uh, just for a little uh, background for today, I am uh, very open for questions and uh, I would like this to be as interactive as possible. We have a comment uh, stream set up. So if you uh, want to type in any questions that you might have as we're going along, um, I would be happy to entertain those questions as we go, and we'll also have some time at the end to uh, go through those questions. So without further ado, we will get uh, started. So um, I'm assuming most of you have some experience in the game industry, you've been working for a couple of years, you're either working for a publisher or you're working for another game studio and you want to go out on your own. Um, and like I said, that's how I got started in the industry. And that happens to be how most of my uh, clients come to me. I I tend to be their first lawyer. And um, so I I have a lot of experience taking care of these types of uh, issues. First thing you want to do if you want to start your own game studio is kind of make a plan, think about what it is that you want to accomplish. Why are you starting a studio? um do you want to make a game do you want to make original ips do you want to do licensed work where you're kind of doing work for hire um doing ports for other people um you know taking established games and porting them to other platforms or do you have some sort of specialty that you want to do do you want to uh do music for video games do you want to uh, just do animation for video games are you a specialist in kind of like sony playstation programming and optimizing that if you want to uh, do that type of work um, do you have some tools that you like to do or you have uh, asset libraries uh, you know are you credit during 3d models and you want to set up libraries of 3d mo- 3d models or uh, do designs for other people to use in their games are you great at doing concept art? Um, I I, uh, represent several concept artists, uh, Massive Black and some groups like that, where all they do is concept art, design characters, design worlds, um, do the high level um, uh, work in the background. So but in terms of making a business plan, um, pretty uh, generic type advice, but think about what you want to do have a plan as to how what you want to do, what are your goals? Um, Is it that you want to be your own boss? Is it that you want to um, uh, you know, create original IP? Do you just want to um, skip away from uh, having a boss? Um, You want to you know, you are you starting a family? Are you just in a place in your life where you want to um, have a lot of freedom to do other things rather than just, you know, punching a clock or being at a studio from nine to five. Um, Do you want to create a franchise? Do you want to, you know, you know, do uh, something where you're, you know, you've got really big dreams and you want to um, create something where you're going to have hundreds of employees um, and you want to do the next massive multiplayer online game or you have a really original idea, you want to be uh, the next Roblox or Fortnite or something along those lines. Uh, Or is your goal ultimately, you know, do you want to do an IPO or do you want to sell out to one of the big studios? Um, All of these things are, you know, they might be part of a five-year plan or a 10-year plan, but these are all things that you should think about and have a plan as to what you want to do. Um, And, you know, think about how do you want to organize, how, um, you, know, you know, do you want to, um, you know, you know who is it going to take to be, you know, part of your team? What type of work do you want to do? And all of this stuff is stuff that you should really give a good long think to. Think about even writing up a business plan, and it can be a one-page business plan, or it can be a full-blown, you know, 50-page business plan with detailed timelines. But, um, you know, you'll want to go into this with some detail and, and, you know, uh, be deliberate about what you want to do. And I always encourage people to actually write it down because it is um, always helpful to keep you on path. You don't want to get distracted and um, you actually want to have goals so you know you're actually moving forward. And you want to actually revisit this plan, you know, if not every year, maybe every six months. Um, to make sure that you're still on plan and you're on target and and you're moving to what it is that you want to do. Um, Think about what your time horizon is. Um, You know, if you have a job and you have responsibilities and you're taking down a good salary, um, at some point you're going to want to uh, think about, okay, when do I want to start this process? What steps do I have to take to... um, move into this plan. If you're, if you're in a job, you're going to have to give notice and kind of, you want to leave, you know, gracefully from your, your current position. You want to uh, think about um, what steps do you need to take um, in terms of, you know, if you're going to have a team, if you're getting together with, uh, you know, three or four other people, they're going to have to leave their jobs You're going to have to arrange for insurance. Um, You know, you you want to be covered for health care. If you have families, especially, you want to be covered for health care. You want to know that you have money to pay your rent or pay your mortgage. Uh, How long of a window do you need to make that happen? Um, And, uh, you know, have all of this planned out um, so you can go about this methodically. Um, Another big question, do you want to incorporate? No, I think this is a really good idea. Um, But it is, you know, it's not a free step. So um, you want to um, think about this and include this in your business plan. And there's, you know, a corporation versus a limited liability company. Um, You know, for me, that's really an accounting question um, as to how you want to organize yourself. If you're a one person, you know, you know, sole shareholder and you're going to be the boss. And um, sometimes it's easier to be a corporation. If you're going to have more than one person, it's kind of becomes more of a toss up between a corporation and an LLC. Um, and then it's just a question of um, how, you know, protected do you want to be? So um, question about why you would want to incorporate is it is for your protection. Um, there you're going to be taking on responsibilities. You could be signing contracts, um, you know, that could be worth, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Or if you're going for like a AAA title with a major studio, it could be, you know, tens of millions of dollars of liability that you're taking on. Um, you're going to have employees. You're going to have other people working for you. You're going to be signing leases um there's going to be a lot of responsibility there the the main reason for doing a corporation uh, is for peace of mind and a level of protection if you have a house if you have assets uh, if your partners have homes and they have assets a corporation is an easy way to protect yourself against those liabilities if the corporation signs the contract and the corporation signs the lease um, if we get hit with a major pandemic, say just hypothetically speaking and suddenly um, everything goes upside down, it offers you uh, a, just a level of protection that it's the obligation of corporations, not your personal obligation. Um, and it allows you uh, some opportunities to, you know, avoid that type of risk. And so that, that's an important consideration if you're 24 years old. And, um, you know, you're, you're just, uh, you know, don't have a lot of, you know, haven't built up a lot of assets, you're thinking like, oh, that might be a headache. But once you do have some assets, um, it is um, important for that. The other reason you want to do that is, is you know, you've heard the phrase, good fences make good neighbors. If you're going to have business partners, um, I always recommend that people incorporate because it's a bright line where who, what are your responsibilities going to be? What is your relationship going to be to one another um, as co-owners of this business? I, I think most people have an understanding as to what it means to be a shareholder as opposed to being just kind of a kind of a loosey goosey type idea of, oh, we're we're business partners or you know, we're gonna treat each other equally. Uh, if, you, if you each have to contribute money into the company, even if it's $500 or $1,000 in order to get your shares, um, then everybody understands, okay, this is my ownership stake. This is what I have invested. Um, and you understand what your relationship is to one another. Um, in this regard, I also um, tell people, Be very thoughtful about um, who you bring on as business partners. Um, Some people are ready for the responsibility of being a shareholder in a corporation. Other people really what they want to do is they just want to make games and have fun. Um, Once you are the owner of the company and you are an officer of the company and you start hiring people, you're responsible for making payroll. Um, you're responsible for paying rent, you're responsible for, um, you know, signing, you know, the 25, you know, hopefully the 25 or $40 million contract uh, to make the AAA title. Some people are prepared for that. Some people are just not prepared for that. So think about who you want to have as your business partners understand that you're going to have to compromise and you're gonna to have to make some joint decisions that are going to affect both of you. Are your business partners the type of people that are responsible um, and can make these decisions in a professional way? Or are they people that are super talented and you want them on your team and you just want to pay them as an employee and reward them you know, handsomely with a revenue share or a profit share or a royalty, um, but be very thoughtful about this. Be and I always tell people be a little bit greedy about this too, because um, you know not so much these days, but back in the heyday of the internet, everybody wanted stock, everybody wanted to be part of the upside of the company, but they didn't want to take the responsibility. So um, I can tell you nightmare stories of a client where everybody got stock. Everybody became an officer, and they had 12 different shareholders, 12 different officers, and at most two people working on the game. Um, You you literally had 10 people um, that were so impressed that they had gone out and signed a big contract um, to create a video game that mostly what they did was go out and have meetings about how awesome they were. And um, I was called in, I think they had signed the contract with the publisher um, like 18 months before they came to me. And I came in after 18 months and they didn't even have a real uh, game design. They didn't have much concept art. They had like maybe two or three characters and a broad idea that they wanted to do a first person shooter um, and some really, really bad animation. And then they had somebody They had two programmers that were in the back room that were programming like like daylights, um, but no artwork to interact with the game. So um, be a little bit greedy about that. Um, But these are all things that should be part of your planning phase, um, if you want to uh, create your own game studio. And uh, let me see. The next part um, is for you to... um, build your team um, once you decide you're going to do this. Like I talked about uh, who's going to be the owners, who are going to be the employees, who's going to be responsible. Somebody has to, you know, if you are a uh, director of the corporation, you are responsible, financially responsible for making payroll. So every, all the employees have to get paid. And if they don't, it comes out of your pocket um, personally. Um, like I said, some people are not up for that. Some people are. You just want to make sure that the people that are taking ownership are people that are prepared to take that responsibility. Um, Benefits, again, what I've mentioned before, Um, not everybody um, needs to have stock in the company. Um, Some people, you can be generous. I want everybody to get well compensated. Everybody to prepare, you know, Participate in the upside, but some people um, are just not prepared in a place in their life where they're, they're going to be there for the long term. Uh, so give them a re- give them a revenue share, a profit share based upon the games that they work on. That works well. Um, next part, um, again, building your team. You're going to need advisors. Like I said, I I am a game lawyer. I represent primarily startup companies. I have uh, clients that I've represented from when there were two or three people just getting together with the idea of creating a game studio to, um, we've got one client that's listed on NASDAQ, I've got another, a bunch of other clients that have been sold to the major studios and others that are just uh, you know 15 years in, they're still cranking away making great games. Um, so first person you're gonna need uh, you know, in my own interest is you're gonna need a lawyer, um, but you're gonna need a team of lawyers really I'm kind of a generalist. I represent startups so I can do corporate law. I I have incorporated, uh, you know, hundreds of companies and limited liability companies. Um, You're gonna need contract lawyers. I've negotiated probably thousands of games, uh, publishing deals and licensing deals. Um, I can help you with work for hire agreements for your employees and for, you uh, being hired as work for hire, all of the kind of licensing that you're going to do. um, I can help with all of that, but you're also going to need labor lawyers at some point. If you get enough employees, uh, you will be subject to local labor laws um, and you will want a labor law specialist who can uh, help you with that because those laws change. It seems like to me every month, it seems almost like a gotcha thing in some jurisdictions, Um, California, First and foremost, where they're changing the labor laws, um, you need somebody who's a specialist who can keep you apprised of um, the changes that happen like overnight, and you have to be you have to be compliant. Um, you're going to need intellectual property attorneys, um, if, especially if you're creating original IP. Um, you're going to want to protect your trademarks. You're going to want to protect your copyrights, but really. Um, you're gonna want somebody who can tell you how to protect your trademarks, starting with your company name. Um, Again, this is kind of like incorporating, it's a bit of an insurance policy. Um, If you're gonna have a name and you're gonna build a company and you want that company to last for 10 years or eventually be sold, you're gonna wanna register your trademark. It costs a couple thousand dollars, um, but once you have the registration, you know you're protected and um, you know no one can um, take that away from you. Um, you're also, yeah, at some point, you're gonna need securities lawyers. Uh, if you're going to go out and uh, raise money um, from venture capital, if you're gonna raise money from, uh, even from uh, you know, different uh, social you know, sites, um, uh, you know, FIG and those types of places, um, you're going to want to have a securities lawyer making sure that you don't screw anything up. Um, you're going to need immigration lawyers. I think virtually all of my clients, if not it's more than ninety percent of my clients, end up having employees that are from outside the United States. Um, so you're going to need an immigration lawyer to help you when that comes up. And um, so you're going to need a you're going to need a team of lawyers. I generally. Act as kind of uh, you know corporate counsel. I think there's a lot of great people in the game industry, game video game lawyers. Um, there is a video game bar association. Uh, lots of really talented lawyers involved, and no, most of them can represent startups, and they can guide you through you know the first couple of years. And when you need a specialist, um, like I don't do any trademark registrations, but I have somebody, I have two attorneys actually, that I refer all of that work to. They're used to working with game companies used to working with startups um, and they can do it more cost-effectively than me. I was in you know, labor lawyers in that and I, When you need that, I can point you in that direction. Um, one big question comes up as to how do you hire a lawyer? Um, my advice is it's a very personal relationship. Um, most of my clients end up being my friends. I have clients that I've had for over 25 years since I've been involved in the game industry since 1992. I still represent those same people to this day, and um, some of them through two or three companies. Um, So interview a couple different lawyers, find one who you mesh with on a personal level and who you can talk to um, and who you can relate to uh, in a good way. And um, also um, talk to them about how you want your relationship to be. Some people, um, want to talk a lot. Some people want to use email. I would say 85% of what I do is via email. I'm very comfortable with that. I also, you know, I acknowledge most of my clients, I am the first lawyer they've ever had. So I am very happy to talk to people about how to use me. I'm very happy to talk about, uh, you know, budgets. is the second point is how do you pay for a lawyer? Um, it's a business relationship. Um, we understand you know this is my business it's practicing law i am always happy to talk to clients about how i will get paid generally i work hourly um but um you know that being said some lawyers you know if you go to major law firms they will bill you for every single phone call you have with them every single minute that you're on in you know, a conference call with them uh so you know I generally have what's called a light thumb on the scale. If you ask me a quick question, I'm not going to bill you for that. If you send me an email where you just want to clarify something and it takes me two minutes to answer, I won't bill you for that. And I would rather you send me that email than have a problem later. Um, And um, I am happy to work on a budget. I, and I think most of the guys in the game industry understand is we're here to add value to what you are trying to do. Um, so if you get a $3,000 um, consulting contract and you just want me to look over your shoulder and make sure there's nothing bad in the contract, I am happy to do that. And I'm not gonna send you a bill for $5,000 if you're only getting paid $3,000. Um, and uh, you know, so talk to your lawyers. And, and by the way, too, if you get a bill um, and, a, and something has gotten out of hand And, you know, we talked about it and the bill was going to be, I figured, you know, it's going to be $5,000 or $3,000. And suddenly I send you a bill for $7,000 or $8,000. Give me a call and we will work it out. Um, Because my interest and the interest of most guys in this industry is to make sure that you have long, prosperous careers so that you can be, um, you know, very productive clients for us for a very long time because it's, you know, It's in my interest to make sure that you're happy and in my interest um, that you are are there to be served for a long period of time. So I want to be cost effective. I want to be adding value. I don't want to be this massive black hole of expense. Um, At the same time, if you're signing a $50 million deal uh, and the bill gets pretty big, just anticipate that. And again, we can talk about it beforehand so you can budget accordingly and include that as part of what you're asking to get paid. Um, but um, generally speaking, it's a business relationship and I would just advise you to talk to your lawyer about how they're going to get paid. Talk to them up front. Talk to them while it's going on. Uh, I send bills out monthly, like clockwork. Um, Even if I'm in the middle of negotiating a deal, I will send a bill so er everything is transparent, but talk to your lawyer before. Talk to them while in process and talk to them after you get the bill if you have any questions. Um, That's part of what hiring a lawyer is about. Um, Next group you're gonna need are accountants. Um, Whether you incorporate, whether you form an LLC, um, whether you take what is called an S corporation election, these are all questions that accountants need to answer. I'm a lawyer, I will not give you accounting advice. I'm pretty adamant about that. Uh, I wish more accountants observed that bright line and didn't give legal advice, but I'm okay with that too. Um, but you will need a good accountant. And again, it's somebody, talk to a couple, uh, find somebody who you're comfortable with. Um, you're going to need advice as to taxes. You're going to need advice as to what you know, expenses you can take, uh, how you organize your bookkeeping um, so you can do your taxes um, uh, and um, take care of that. We have a question here from Mike Wolf. What is the difference between having an LLC for a company name and a trademark for the company name? Is a lawyer required for both or only the trademark? That's, that's a great question. Um, and you get, um, you actually get a notice in California when you incorporate that having a corporation does not provide you any protection for the trademark in the company name. So your company name, uh, whether you're an LLC or a corporation or otherwise, Your company name is your company name. What I tell people to do when you're gonna pick a company name is Google it, Yahoo it, Bing it, do three or four different search engines to see if anybody else is out there using that name. Second, you should reserve a domain name that you're happy with. Um, And um, make sure you can have that domain name before you spend any money on the corporation. And then in terms of incorporating, what that gives you the uh, ability to do is you are incorporated and you have created a legal entity within in whatever state um, that you incorporate in. So if you incorporate in California, the Secretary of State recognizes that name as your name in the state of California, and you can go out and do business with that name in the state of California. That has nothing to do with trademark rights in that name. If um, Trademark is protecting uh, consumer The the, the 10 second explanation is trademarks protect consumers. They don't protect people who own trademarks in a very high level technical sense. So if I buy something that has the Disney brand on it, I know I'm getting something as a consumer from the Walt Disney Company. And it has that that level of quality and um, everything that comes with buying something from Disney. But if you are incorporated, that just means the state says nobody else has claimed that name as a corporation within that state. To get a trademark, you have to do the Google search. You have to make sure nobody else is out there using that name. And then um, once you start using it in commerce, you are the. it's a first come first serve. Whoever starts using it first um, has the trademark in that name because again, you're out there, you're using it and it's protected. When you register that mark, however, it gives you a level of protection because then you have formally gone out through the process of giving everyone notice um, that you're using that name and you have the federal government uh, grant you basically a monopoly on using that name. So it costs a couple of thousand dollars, but the benefit of having that registered trademark Mm -hmm. is that you've put the world on notice that that you're claiming that mark as your own. And then when it gets approved, then you have a government backed monopoly on that name and nobody else can use it within the gang industry. So I hope that answers the question. Um, somebody else asking you started an LLC earlier this year, should, you, should I contact an accountant before I even touch my taxes this year? Uh, yeah, the, I mean, yes, that's, it's gonna be a little bit more complicated uh, tax and things like that can help you through that process, but I would definitely try to contact an accountant and get advice on that. Um, and then uh, somebody says you're in Colombia. H Salam Cab, you're in Colombia. You can st- you can incorporate in the United States. Uh, being from outside the United States, you may not, however, form what is called an S corporation. An S corporation means that everything gets passed through to you as an individual you avoid a corporate tax level in order to make that election you have to be paying taxes in the united states but you can form a corporation in the united states so um and and as a a foreign citizen you can be a shareholder in an american corporation Um, you just can't get the tax benefits of an s corporation Uh, moving on to other advisors you need think about whether you want to hire an agent or not like jay powell and uh with a couple other really great agents in the industry. They will help you find work. Um, A lot of people find work on their own. A lot of people, if you're working at a big studio or you worked on a hit game and you wanna form your own thing, people are gonna come knocking on your door to offer you money to make make a game. Um, So maybe you need one, maybe you don't. Um, They are worth the money. um, They are worth what you pay them. Um, because they will help generate a book of business for you. Um, But again, it's very personable. Go out and talk to the different agents, talk about what they can do for you, um, and then decide whether that's right for you. Uh, Insurance is something you definitely need, just the way that um, uh, forming a corporation or an LLC will give you a layer of protection at night. I I call it the can you sleep at night test. if, if you can sleep at night without having a corporation, you're not worried about liability or getting sued or having other, you know, responsible for a lease, you know, don't spend the money. Uh, insurance is the same way. Um, there's different kinds of insurance you can get, but if you have employees and say you send somebody out to Staples and they get in a car accident while doing company business, you're responsible for that. If somebody comes to your office and slips on, you know, somebody spills, A soda on the floor and they slip and fall and get injured the company's responsible for that Um, policy to cover that is really pretty inexpensive it's a couple thousand dollars um, a good investment to help you sleep at night E&O insurance is errors and omissions Um, you want to create everything original you're doing your hardest not to violate anybody's um, other people's intellectual property but lo and behold somebody on your team down the line uses some source art and they copy it a little bit too closely and suddenly you're getting faced with liability errors and omission insurance covers that you don't have to worry about it workers compensation insurance is mandatory if you have employees you have to have that but anyway you're going to need a good insurance agent or broker to help you pay with that Um, on a practical level there's payroll professionals out there Once you start hiring employees, you're gonna have to be making uh, withholdings um, and deductions. If you're small, you can get away with having a bookkeeper take care of that. Um, On the other hand, uh, I had an employee a couple of years ago. I used ADP, they were great. just one thing I didn't, all I had to worry about was uh, once a month I had to, they would ping me and I had to go into their program and click OK on a couple boxes and the employee got paid, the taxes got paid, responsi- they responsible, they took responsibility for all of that. Um, and then uh, mentors, um, I always put this in there, the game industry people are super generous. Um, I believe they still are, but um, there are plenty of people out there that are willing to um, help you if you have questions. People that have done it before, um, people that have done it um, you know, that are you know, very wildly successful, if you're respectful of them and you're respectful of their time, um, they will be happy to answer your questions. Uh, it's in my experience, that, you know, find somebody that you respect, somebody that you like and say, I wanna start my own game studio, what do you recommend that I do? Uh, and normally they'll take a half hour, they'll take an hour, they will take some time and they will talk to you about that. Um, and, um, reading a question here. Uh, I'm reading a question that is greetings. What do you suggest for a startup? We would like make a corporation in a different country in order to reach Kickstarter. We are not on Kickstarter's list of eligible countries, so our idea is to make a company for the startup uh in our country and then make another one in western europe or the uk us um, i would be happy to talk to you that's a very complicated question and i think you're actually going to need to hire an attorney with experience in that um, that that's a very complicated question um, so that is one where you would really need a securities lawyer and somebody with that re- uh, kickstarter and fig experience to handle how you do that because um, I think that's a very complicated question. The next, uh, let's see. Let me move on to the next time. What is uh, the single most common? Uh, Juni four asked, "What is the single most common and risk risky red flag that pops up with new developers?" Um, I would say not planning um, and not paying attention um, to what you're doing, and then uh, I would say is being. Um, Not paying attention as to who's going to be um, who's going to be on your team and who's going to be uh, in positions of responsibility. Um, You know, like I said, I I can tell you red flags of people that uh, are talented people, great at making games, absolutely don't want anything to do with running the company, don't want to take responsibility for making payroll, don't want to take responsibility for paying rent. Um, they just want to put on their business. They just want to know that they, they own part of the company and they want to get paid. And, you know, when you start a company, it's a lot like getting married. Your partners, you know, are, are you know, it's, it really is, it's like getting married. Your partners are, have to be people that you trust and you appreciate um, can um, uh, will be there and that you can work with on a professional level. So that's that would be my number one red flag: is pay attention to who your partners are going to be, um, and like I said, be a little bit greedy about it, but be very discerning and thoughtful about it um, when you do that. Um, next thing I wanted to talk about is you've all heard this: it's um, uh, you're going to have to understand what does what does work for hire mean. Um, yeah, you know, for most of you, this is going to be the bread and butter of what you're doing. You are doing work as work for hire, or you're hiring employees as work for hire. Um, so you're you're going to need to appreciate this. I have some uh, templates, by the way. You should under, but you should understand your basic contracts. Um, if anybody wants to email me after this is done, I have template work for hire agreements, non-disclosure agreements, employee agreements, which are essentially work for hire, but they're called invention assignment confidentiality agreements. But the main concept you're gonna have to understand is work for hire. Um, Based upon copyright law, um, you know, whoever creates a work is the owner of that work. Um, When you sign a contract with a third party to create either a game for them or assets for them, they're going to want you to do that on a work for hire basis. What that means is that at the moment that you create the work, when you are pro- you you are writing the programming code or you are, you know, drawing artwork or you're creating uh, any kind of asset, when you create the work, if you sign it as a work for hire, then the party you're doing that work for owns it the instant you create it. Um, this makes it very clean for them uh, to protect that asset going forward and, um, to, you know, if they're going to publish it or they want to register the copyright, makes it very easy for them. That applies both to people that you will be doing work for and people that are doing work for you. If somebody is your employee, by law, they are, um, everything they do is work for hire for the company. Um, If you are hiring somebody as an independent contractor, you want them to sign a contract with you before they start doing the work saying that they are doing it as work for hire. That way you own it the instant um, that it is created. And when you sign a contract with a publisher and, and say you're doing it for work for hire, they own it instantaneously. But you have to be very deliberate about this and understand what you're doing. Uh, what I've got up on the screen is a standard work for hire term. Um, and normally you want to say it's done as work for hire, but if for some reason, like if somebody starts work before they sign it, then technically it can't be work for hire, then it has to be an assignment. So this says it's work for hire. If it's found out to be, it's not work for hire, I agree to assign it to the company, to whoever. And then if it's also found out that it can't be assigned, so it, for instance, it pre-exists and you've licensed it out to other people, then I give you a license for free as part of this contract. So it's, it's belt, suspenders, and duct tape. But um, it's a key concept. you want to take some time to understand that. You wanna have the basic contracts lined up uh, for both your employees, your subcontractors, but also understanding when you go forward with a publisher. For instance, I included my template. Um, if you wanna own asset libraries or you wanna reuse certain texture libraries, uh, code you know, tools, um, you'll need to specify that you're withholding that or excluding that from the work for hire. You wanna understand that upfront so you know what you're negotiating up front with publishers. Um, that's pretty quick and dirty, but and the next topic I wanted to talk about was um, how you get paid. Some big uh, issues here is you, you'll want to understand um, the concept of advances. Are you getting paid up front and then does that money get recouped against royalties, not recouped, and basically is it a loan against your royalties? Um, Milestones, when you set up milestones, if you're doing a year's worth of work, you're gonna have probably monthly or uh, some natural milestones when you're gonna be delivering deliverables. You wanna be strategic uh, about that and um, set up your milestones um, so you're getting paid in advance, not being paid after you've done the work.
0: Um,
1: So front load your milestones, the payments for the milestones You want to get paid upon execution of the contract and you want to get paid with every milestone. Uh, Pay attention to whether you're getting paid every 10 10 days after the milestone is accepted, 30 days after the milestone is accepted, and adjust your upfront payments to make sure that you're always um, looking forward and you're not getting too far behind. The biggest leverage that publishers or clients can use is they get you working on stuff that you haven't been paid for yet and suddenly you're two milestones ahead and they haven't paid and they're not required to pay you for the first milestone, suddenly they're getting leverage over you because they owe you a lot of money uh, for work you haven't been paid for. Um, Also, you want to, when you're budgeting, put in some profit in there. You know, it's a business, you're entitled to make profit Um, you know, when you're setting it up, if it's a hundred thousand dollars worth of actual time, add in 20%, add in 30% for profit. So those last milestones, um, if they don't get paid, you're not coming out of pocket, but also that you're not just working for time. Um, you want to, you're entitled to make profit. I have clients that say they automatically add 30% for profit. Um, that's pretty rich, um, but, um, you know, anywhere between 15 to 30% is a good profit margin for you. Um, uh, somebody's asking a question. If you're planning on going solo and not having employees, do you think it's essential to set up a company uh, or is it overkill? Again, that's where I use the uh, can you sleep at night test. Um, depending on the type of work that you're doing if you know you're not going to get sued you could cover that with an insurance policy um it's really what makes you comfortable versus not comfortable um and then uh what jurisdiction as says ask what jurisdictions do you recommend you trademark a game's name uh, again you asked the exact right question being mindful of cost that is a question of um where are you going to release it in and how much money do you want to invest Trade, trademarks Cost a couple thousand dollars each. So it's just a question of uh, how much do you want to invest to protect your trademark? I would automate most games I would recommend the United States and Europe to start with, uh, or if you're going to release in one, not the other, start with one. Um, and you can add trademark registrations as you go. You don't have to do them all up front. Um, and then, uh, let's see, Seymour asked a question. Uh, uh, when you're working on your own company, how do you figure out your own payroll? Uh, that depends. Again, that's a question you need to talk about with an accountant. But you can um, do an S-corporation election, which allows you to basically, you get taxed as an individual instead of a corporation, um, and everything comes through as income to you. And then it's a matter of arranging your um, uh you know, your deductions and your expenses and how do you want to do that? And an accountant can help you strategically um, uh, with those type of questions. So uh, the last thing I have here, the last screen I have is uh, the three main keys to success, and I've now added a fourth one since I originally did this presentation, is honesty, integrity, and professionalism. Um, I can't emphasize enough, if you stick to these three things, if you're honest with people, um, if you act um, with integrity, where you do what you you say what you're going to do, and then you do it, um, and you act with professionalism, you will be surprised. <clears throat> you will never be short of work. Um, if you overpromise and uh, if you if you underpromise and overdeliver, um, if you do the work in a very high level and and, and you do it in a timely manner. People will come back to you again and again and again. Um, if you act with professionalism, um, and again, you say what you mean and you mean what you say, um, if problems arise, you address them in a professional manner. I mean, this is a creative business. Things change. Um, you have to act responsibly. And um You know, if uh, somebody runs into trouble, you know, a client runs into trouble and they wanna push stuff back and you work it out with them so they can work it out, um, you know, that is is, uh, gonna go a a long way again toward getting you things. And with all of these things, um, demand that the other side act with honesty, integrity, and professionalism again. If you run into a client that is a slow pay, or they are always, you know, not wanting to pay those last milestone payments, or they're trying to, you know, get squirrely around one thing or another, Uh, you know, don't do any more work for them. Um, You are a professional. Part of being a professional is that you deserve to get paid what you're worth. Um, Make the other side pay you what you're worth. Um, And, you know, but again, do so in a way that you're being professional, ask for what you're worth, um, know what you're worth, and then you know get paid that. Um, uh, and lawyers can help with you getting into trouble, but in the meantime, you know, you know, I run into people with problems when they're acting, you know, responsibly, and both sides are acting responsibly. Once a year, there's a problem that comes up, and I can help smooth out the wrinkles, but. You know, I've been involved in three lawsuits in 28 years. Game industry, people are professional. They are responsible um, and they will work things out. But just if you follow those three things, honesty, integrity, professionalism, that'll get you a long way. If you're doing contract work, you will never run out of work if people can count on you to perform in a timely manner. And the last one I add is have fun. Um, You know, when I first got involved in the industry, people used to say, um, you know, If you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong, we are making games, it should be fun. You should be having a good time. You should enjoy the people that you're working with. Um, that is uh, you know, the best part for me as a lawyer. I love working with game companies. I love working with people in the game industry because for the most part, you guys are very hardworking people um, and you're very passionate about what you do and you're appreciative about what lawyers can do for you. Um, But, you know, you're fun people, it's a fun business. And uh, generally speaking, people are, people enjoy their jobs, so that's that's great um, for my thing. But you should also expect that of yourselves. And, uh, you know, if you stop having fun with uh, any particular client or person you're working with, you know, I know that. I, I, as an attorney, I always tell people, I tell young attorneys um, that I try to, I, I fire at least one client a year Uh, I don't actually do that, but um, if a client is, you know, less less than professional or less than honest with me, or, you know, just a a pain to work with, um, I I don't feel any obligation to continue to work with them. And you should do the same thing, so. Sorry, we only have a minute left. Any more questions um, while we're going here? Or have I answered it? I think think I've answered all of the questions that come through. Looking for more
0: yeah I think uh, I think you did answer all the questions anybody else okay. do you have any uh, contact info that uh, you wanted to like a website Either.
1: I can put it up there it is uh, wwjwroselaw.com I'm going to be on the uh, chat room as well but if you uh, my email is up on the screen now as well or it's uh, Jeff at jWroselaw.com if anybody wants to email me I will send those free those three templates to, you no charge. Um, and, uh, and if you have any questions about it, feel free to ping me with any questions and uh, I will do that for free too. And I will let you know if, uh, uh if I ever need to start charging you.
0: Oh, here's a great question from Jenny yeah. Always. Yeah, with a good Jr- question, uh, What, what draws you to the game development industry?
1: Uh, for me, it is, it is the people. I mean, the, the great clients, I can tell you, I, I used to work and uh you know do uh finance and uh, real estate and a lot of times uh people they uh they they just wanted me to do what i had to do so they could get paid they really thought saw me as a nuisance and uh, didn't appreciate when i litigated uh everybody everybody if you won it was uh why did it take so long and why did it cost so much i told you i was right at the very beginning if uh, you lost unfortunately i didn't lose all that often but if if it did turn out well, it was how could you have lost that? I told you I was right at the beginning, and why did it cost so much? Uh, in the game industry, like I said, people are super passionate, uh, super hardworking, great to work with, and uh, you know, a lot high integrity industry. Uh, and that's as a lawyer, you can't ask for more than that. So,
0: oh, it looks like we have one more. We can we have enough time for one more from Oblitus Games?
1: Yes. So what, what would what you would recommend you... a company on a very low? budget or even people just starting out as Indies, a lot of it do not have a lot of money at all. Um, I, yeah, I, like I said, I'm in this business. Uh, I represent a lot of startups. Um, I appreciate clients that are in, in your position because you're never going to turn into a big client who can afford to pay me, you know, you know huge amounts of my legal fees, if I don't help you get to that place. So I am happy to uh, speak with you. Like I said, I am happy to work on a budget. I am happy to kind of front load. I, I, w- I will give out the contracts for free to make sure you're covered in a minimal way. I'll let you know when it becomes too much, but I love working with Indies uh, to help them become con- clients that, um, you, know, I- I- you know, tenure customers that can afford to pay me on a regular basis. Uh, there's a lot of other lawyers in the game industry um, that are uh, also very interested in investing in clients the way clients will invest in a relationship with me. So um, look around, ask the questions. Um, somebody out there will be happy to uh, participate. Um, some people will want to take a percentage of any profits. Some people want to just say, look, I, you know, it's you know, if it's 1000 or $1,500 worth of legal advice you need, I'm not going to ask for 10% of your budget. Um, if, um, I'll just do it, in, on the prospect that when you do, you know, sign a deal and you're going to get paid money, you'll pay me then. So, I'm I'm a businessman like anybody else. So, that's pretty. And awesome. a lot of people, a lot of the lawyers in the in the game industry have the exact
0: same point of view. So, that's excellent. Okay, thank you so much, Jeffrey. Uh, thank you, to everybody. I hope that was helpful. Yeah, coming up next we've got Chad Kim, six lessons from 6 years of player first community management and that will be starting in about 5 minutes. So thank you guys so much and we'll see you shortly. Bye Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at business.